All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, never again. That is fitting. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and coming to you live, Orders Nation YouTube. Thank you all for listening, uh, watching, uh, who, those who download the show later on uh, podcasts, uh, streaming everywhere. We love it. You got us on uh, iHeart or Radio Player, Stingray app. It's fantastic. So. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Gregor Show, as always presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. And uh, I can tell you, like, how many people, here we are, we're literally a month into the NHL season. And the Edmonton Orders have gone from a team that every prognosticator, every person on the NHL planet had picked to be a playoff team. And they're two seven and one, and looking anything like a playoff team right now. But you know what's funny? At PlayAlberta.ca, even though they're two seven and one, and the Canucks are off to a very good start, the odds are even. Orders Canucks tonight. So Empton's still getting some respect there. I wonder for how much longer. Because, man, that uh, Nashville game, rinse, wash, repeat. That's what it was. They have a decent first period. They score first. And then what happens? They give up a goal quickly right away. Again. And then in the second and third periods, you would have had to put a a mirror under their nose to see if they were breathing at times in the second and third period. 
like the, the lack of effort, frustration, whatever you call I get that they're frustrated. They should be better than this. I get it. But it is, it's mind-boggling to me at how meh they looked in the second and third period. Just like a lack of emotion, a lack of fire. Like, come on. And trust me, like tonight, they take on a Vancouver Canucks team that is rolling, right? They got a goaltender in Thatcher Demko who's playing outstanding. He's got a 967 save percentage. 967, right? They're 8 2 and 1. They've outscored teams 48 22. Now, they did outscore teams. Uh, they've scored 18 goals in two games, right? But they still got 30 in the other nine. So, you know, they're still plus seven, plus eight, even if you take out those two games where they crushed the orders and then spanked the Sharks. They've looked good. They've won three in a row. They've got Quinn Hughes and Ironic on the back end looking like a top pair. You've got Elias Pettersson, who's currently leading the NHL in points with 20. JT Miller, Brock Besser. They're getting lots of con- contributions from a lot of different players. Every forward who has played a game this season for the Canucks has scored a goal. So they got depth scoring. Order fans, close your eyes. Think back to January, February. Now you'll remember what depth scoring looked like because you had it back then. You don't right now. But... Some order fans, you got your wish. You will have a kid line tonight. Holloway, Hamblin, Lavoie. Will this be the line that sparks the orders? We'll see. Then you have uh, McLeod centering Fogel and Ryan. You'll have Nugent Hopkins, Kane, and Gagne. And then uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hyman. And man, do the orders, you don't say this very often, but they really need 97 and 29 to get going. Six games, no goals for those two and Nugent Hopkins. That's just, those are the three forwards on your power play, your main three forwards on the power play. They don't have any goals in six games. How's that possible? I don't, I'll have to go back and look, but I'm going to guess that is the first time, maybe, maybe not in his rookie season, but definitely the first time since 2016-17. That that trio goes six games and none of them score a goal. I'd almost want. I'd almost say guaranteed. So that's uh, that's how bad things are right now in uh, Oilers Nation. You can always get involved in the show. You can text us eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Be honest. Tell me. It, I want to give you on a one to ten scale. Tell me where is. Your level of concern that the Oilers make the playoffs or not. What's your level? Like if two would say, man, yeah, it's a bad start, but they'll get there. Five, geez, that's like a 50-50 chance now. Seven plus, woof, not good. So I'm curious because there's all sorts of different fans, right? There's all sorts of different fans. There is the fan who, uh, even when they're winning, is always looking for perfection. There is a fan that when they're losing, everything's still good. Hey, I get to cheer for my team. 
Then you got the other fans who are like, yeah, you know what? Hey, it's fun. Yeah, I like McDavid. I got my favorite players and they'll come out of it. I, you know, they're the positive person. Great. Maybe then you got some of the realistic fans like, this is ugly, man. This is ugly now. I hope it gets better, but it is ugly. So let me know. 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. I'm Jason Greger. Connor Halley is with uh, me today. Uh, also on the uh, show today, we will, uh, we've got a good lineup as always. The uh, the con man sets it up. So we'll hear from uh, from Speck, of course. Uh, Andy Petrillo will be by. Kevin Woodley. We're going to get into goaltending because I know, hey, the order's goaltending hasn't been good. Like the stat that I was looking up numbers and I was looking at uh, uh, the NHL website going over goals against and everything. And then I look at save percentage and I was like, pardon? Hmm. The San Jose Sharks became the first team since 1965 when low tide, you know, it was just a young buck, early 20s, enjoying life. First time since 1965 that an NHL team has allowed 10 goals in consecutive games. 10 goals in consecutive games. How's that happen? Well, it did. So they allowed 20 goals in two games. The Oilers' save percentage is still worse than the San Jose Sharks' save percentage. The Oilers' team save percentage is at um, 8.67. The Sharks, 8.73. San Jose has allowed 52 goals on 40. Well, their goalies, because I don't count empty net goals. With the goalies in net, 52 goals on 411 shots. The Oilers have allowed 39 goals. 301 shots. Not good. Not good. So, we will uh, we'll see. Is, is this the game? To me, the order's going as an underdog. Is this the game where uh, they find, like, Stuart Skinner's going to have to be good, man. Thatcher Demko's played great. Very well. And the Canucks got boatloads of confidence up and down their lineup. Everybody, third pair, second pair, first pair, four lines. They all got confidence. All got confidence. Cons, what concerns you most? So this week, the Orders play Vancouver tonight, San Jose Thursday, Seattle on, on Saturday. They have to win two games. And, like, let's be real here. Does anybody think they're going to lose to the Sharks? Right. Like, I know San Jose fans are probably looking at the standings and say, oh, well, we got the 31st place Edmonton team coming in on Thursday. That might be our best chance to win. And they might be right. But honestly, I can't see them losing to the Sharks. They're just so bad. No, no. I mean, that would be something, right? The Sharks aren't only losing. They're losing in just, you know, mammoth ways, you know, giving up 10 goals a game, nine goals a game. Like, it's it's absolutely awful. It's point night when you play them. So the Oilers better not lose that one. Uh, tonight, though, a little bit more concerned. The Vancouver Canucks, although one of their big wins did come against the San Jose Sharks and against the Oilers, uh, a very good hockey team there. And I, I think it's going to be a tough one. You want to know my concern out of 10? I'd say, you know, I'm at least at a five because I don't know where all of a sudden they're going to start to improve substantially. I mean, we got to see it first, right? We've got to see the bottom six chipping in every once in a while with a goal. We've got to see one of these goalies make that save, you know, when they're down a goal that keeps them within one shot of, of regaining the tie or something because we're not getting that. It's, it's a one goal game and then the Oilers tend to get out that next goal on a, on a savable shot. So I, I think right now I'm a little bit concerned about what's going on. I don't expect it to change 
immediately, but you want to start to see some of these things start to work out for this team. And you said it, uh, McDavid, Drysaddle, for, for anyone else's standards, they're having very good years, but we've become accustomed to them dominating at a whole other level. So got to get those guys going a little bit quicker. Hopefully it comes tonight playing on the same line, but uh, they, they've got a lot of things they really need to get going before we can start to be too confident that they're just going to get right back into it. Hey, guys, how come Woodcroft was so quick to put McDavid and Drysdale together but hasn't split them up when they haven't scored a goal since game three from picks? It's a great question, picks. It's a really good question, right? Um, the other lines go one game, they don't score. Let's switch them up. But uh, these guys not scoring? Not good. Uh, Nogi's, uh, Nogi's concern level is an 11. It's not even in the top 10. It's going to 11. Yikes. Um Guys, I'll say this in regards to what happens. If the orders lose to San Jose this week, I'm out. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even want to imagine that. Having to come in on a positive Friday after the orders lose to the San Jose Sharks team, a team that I'm just going to say right now, I think they're going to win fewer than 15 games. I said 20 at the start of the year. It's down to 15 for me. I look at their blue line. I look at the, I look at everything. They're just not that good of a team. Their, their coach has zero structure in place. Um, it's not good. Hey guys, I'm at a three, but I'm at a 10 FPR giving that, giving up on a J system. Once is a coincidence, twice is a habit, and three times is a pattern. They give up on the coach in year three, pattern. Ooh, from Brendan. Interesting. There we go. Um, hey guys, uh, look at Nugent Hopkins production since the start of the playoffs. Well, I, I told everybody, well, Nugent Hopkins, like I said, like the 100-point season last year was amazing for him. But I, I didn't expect it to continue because it was a career year by like 35 points, right? At a time when he was 29 years of age. He wasn't, uh, you know, he had 11 points in 12 playoff games. So like 11 points in 12 playoff games, I don't have much concern. And he does have eight points in 10 games. So he's on pace for basically, you know, 67-point season, which is kind of what he is. I didn't think Ryan Nugent Hopkins was a 100-point player, and I try to tell people that all summer. Do not expect 100 points against from Nugent Hopkins. I said if he gets to 80, that would be good. But you got to – there's got to be more. There's got to be more from everybody on this. Can you name one player that you would look at and say, I think I could give them an A right now? Anyone. Like, if you look at expectations, every maybe Warren Fogle. But that's about it. And I'm, I'm not sure anybody else you could, and even that would probably be a stretch. So, I get it. Hey, boys, I'm at a 7. If they lose bad tonight, I could be an 11. I'm going to the game. I'm in Vancouver, but I'm choosing not to wear the jersey. Ooh. There you go. Now, and you know what? I can understand that. You're on the road. You're like, yeah, my team's not playing very well right now. And if they lose, I just don't want to deal with the banter that I will hear from Vancouver fans. I could see that. I also say, but what if you're going to the game in Vancouver and you are an order fan and they win? Then you get sure if the Canucks fan say, hey, you guys couldn't even beat a team when they're at their worst. But I could see why you'd be more confident that they would lose than win tonight. I think that's totally fair. 
Gregor, I'm sorry. If you're going to the game and you're an Oiler fan, wear the jersey, thick or thin. There you go. Hey, boys, Oilers are a tire fire. I'm very concerned from uh, Gord. Hey, boys, the Oilers lose the next two games. They're going to save a lot of money this winter, Sean. Well, see, here's the thing. They're not, like, I'll say that I don't see them losing to San Jose. Honestly, I don't think they're that bad. Losing to Vancouver, I will be, in fact, I'm not picking them to win tonight. I, I'm, I expect Vancouver to win. Like, Vancouver's playing very well. And I know that Edmonton has potential to play well, but until I see it, like, I don't know. And at this point, I'm not even sure I'd pick him to beat Seattle. Like San Jose, of course. Like San Jose, I think, is going to go down in modern time. Like, just so you know, San Jose is chasing some records they don't want. The longest winless streak to start a season was the 1943-1944 New York Rangers. They went 15 games. The Sharks are at 11. They play Philly tomorrow. Then they play the Oilers Thursday. And then they're in Vegas on Friday. I don't even think, like, Philly's a really competitive team. They work hard. That'll be a tough game to win. Edmonton and Vegas, like, they're not beating Vegas on the second half of a back-to-back. Like, come on now. And honestly, I don't think they can beat the Orders. Like, that's the only team I could be confident enough to say the Orders will beat right now. I'm not sure there's another team, which is kind of a sad state. And then they pick Anaheim on Sunday. And the Ducks, you see the Ducks, they go in, uh, they take on Vegas. They're down two goals in the third period, come back and win. Like there is, there is not a lot to be excited for if you're, a, you're an order fan right now. But I honestly, like they're not as bad as their record, at least talent wise. They're playing what their record is exactly, I think, resembling of how they've played. They got to wake up and they got to play better. I think they have more talent than the record says. They're not playing better than the record says. If that makes sense. This is the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Live from the E-Well studio, where the worlds of electricity and sports collide. Stay plugged in as we power up your day with the latest sports right here at EWEL.ca. We will uh, return and uh, we'll go to Vancouver, where things are very different than they are in Edmonton. 223. Monday afternoon, Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Uh, Dizzy Craig sends in, hey, guys, do you think McDavid could set the record for largest point drop-off after Huberto last year? Oh, my goodness. That's how frustrated order fans are right now. So uh, in case you uh, forgot, Huberto went from uh, 115 points to uh, 50 points, which is uh, a drop-off of 60 points, which means uh, McDavid would have to be uh, 93 points yeah um but he also ha- in order for it to be you have to play the same amount of games or very close to right huberto i think played one fewer game so i gotta think mcdavid would wake up at some point um and and produce at his levels right um uh yeah i don't uh i don't see that but i didn't even thought of that because he's got 10 and 8 games right so if you do the math if you prorate it because he's missed two all right, uh, what would he be at uh, time? Yeah, no, he's still on pace for 100 points. So, no, I do uh, I do not think that's going to happen. But it shows you the level of concern in Edmonton right now. Not uh, it's not good to uh, to put it uh, put it bluntly. It is not good. Uh, let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by Mick Donalds. It's your final day, baby. Final day to get in on Monopoly. Got some great prizes left. Get in right now at McDonald's or do it on the app. 
mickdpromotion.ca. As uh, we are joined now by uh, Matt Sakaris from the uh, Sakaris and Price Show and also part of the uh, Oilers Nation uh, or the Nation Network, I should uh, say. Uh, so, Matty, uh, welcome to the team. How you doing? Hey, uh, thanks for the big welcome, Jason. As a matter of fact, I was just having lunch with some of your partners and raced in from the to do this in. And while we're handing out congratulations, congratulations to you and everyone at 1440. It's been heartwarming as a Sports Talk guy to see Sports Talk Radio started back up in Edmonton. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, well, it's days like now, uh, Matt, as you know, uh, the fan base is fired up and Edmonton without question, is the most disappointing start to the season in the National Hockey League. Everybody around the league had Edmonton as a playoff team, maybe competing for their division, and uh, right now they're competing with the San Jose Sharks, for goodness sakes. The Sharks give up 20 goals in two games, and they still have a better save percentage than the Edmonton owners. Um, it's been awful. But in Vancouver, it's kind of the other way. The Canucks Everything's going right. Demko's healthy. He's back to the level that many expect him to be. Quinn Hughes is uh, early season uh, Norris candidate. Uh, Pedersen's leading the league in points. Uh, Brock Besser scoring. JT Miller scoring. Or their their revamped defense looks awesome. Like man, things look good in Vancouver from a distance. Uh, how is it uh, up close? Well, I'll, I'll say this: I'm not sure what is more astonishing going into this game tonight uh, that the Oilers find themselves where they are. <laughs> where they are. Jason, this team has been buried in October two straight years. Literally been dealing with meaningless games from Remembrance Day on. So the expectations were very low heading into this year. It was just survive the month of October, back-to-back with the Oilers to start, five-game road trip through the East. These have been the undoings of the Vancouver Canucks in previous years. So I think everyone here is sort of you know, pinch me. I can't believe this is happening. Or, you know, better yet, don't pinch me. Let's try this. Yeah, well, it has been um, it has been an excellent start for them, really uh, across the board. It's hey, when you have good goaltending, you have a really good team. And uh, Demko, when he once he got back from his his. Uh, injury last year down the stretch Vancouver actually was pretty good but they were good the year before down the stretch and then nothing carried over what has been the most impressive part of their game thus far well I I think it's the fact that through the first sort of half of this 11 game stand they were showing the sorts of signs that there was a fair bit of luck involved here that you know maybe the results were changing but the process was often the same, same that we've experienced for too many years here, and that eventually the process was going to come back and bite them. Like, for example, Jason, they were getting heavily outshot. They were getting heavily outchanced early in the season. They were riding some terrific goaltending from Patrick Denso and Casey DeSmith. And if you still want to get into the underlying numbers, there are some things about this club that would be a little bit concerning. Right now, they're the runaway goal differential, unexpected goals, which means they are burying their chances and their opponents somehow getting stymied at the other end. I think giving up shots, they're 20. We'll try to get a better connection here with uh, with Manny, um, so we'll reconnect him here. So cutting in and out a little bit. So uh, I look at, uh, you know, you know, when you look at the, uh, the underlying numbers, yes, um, their shooting percentage is high. The other teams isn't. But if you watch the games, man, like, well, look at the Casey to Smith game. And 
you know, we can talk about the orders being goalied all the time, but at some point, you've got to bury your chances. Like, it's 10 games in, and how many times have I heard from people saying, oh, the orders got goalied? Right? But it's not like they're facing elite goalies every night and not scoring. So I'm never one to, like, if that happens one game, okay, sure. But the, the orders have had multiple games against backups. Then they can't score. So to me, it's not as it's more about the forwards not scoring than it is them getting goalied. Uh, the thing is, Demko, he's good enough that he can steal you a game. And if he does, it wouldn't be a surprise to me at all. I think I think he's that talented. That's the challenge for Edmonton. Like when you dig a hole like this, Matt, from the owner's perspective, like Vancouver, I'm sure Vancouver looks at this game already. They beat Edmonton twice. They win tonight. It guarantees in the season series, although they probably have it anyway because a goal is four differential, even if Edmonton manages to win the last two meetings. But they win tonight in regulation against the Oilers. And I know it's only 11 games in, Matt, but you could make a yeah. strong argument that Vancouver has now eliminated a team, you know, San Jose's out, Edmonton's out from catching them in the Pacific Division, right? Like that, yeah. it's a pretty big game, even though it's early in the season. Yeah, no, and the odd part is, Jason, is they've already won a season series against the Nashville Predators. When we went into this season, we were looking at the teams that finished in and around the Canucks last year and said, okay, can you still be better than the St. Louis Blues? Can you catch the Nationals? Can you catch the Calgary's? of the world so it is just gobsmacking that you're looking at a scenario with the Oilers that you just laid out you know a chance to win the season series this early on um now look everyone's going to get the run at San Jose right the you yeah. know, Canucks numbers are a little bit inflated by Ken one over the San Jose Sharks and frankly a one against Edmonton on opening night not to mention a five nothing win over St. Louis at home a week ago Friday. So we are still dealing with a small enough sample that, and I'm sorry my line was breaking up there a little bit, that if you wanted to dig into the underlyings on the Canucks, 27th in shots allowed, 20th in shots on goal, 17th, 18th, that has been just god-awful, worse in the league for two years running. So, you know, there are some things here about the Canucks expected goal differential. I mean, they're burying their chances. They're getting saves when teams get grade A's against them. So there are some nits to pick here if you want but all things considered the Rick Tockett system and structure that was brought in last year after the firing of Bruce Boudreaux it is pretty clear that that has taken more root than it otherwise would have taken if he was just starting from game one this year and you know a lot of us looked at that scenario last year and said why do you need to make a coaching change now particularly since losing more games here might help you in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes Management felt there was a benefit to getting the new coaching staff in early, and right now that looks like a masterstroke. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I, I'm never. If you try to be a loser, I think you set up your organization for maintaining being a loser. Like if you're yeah. just a loser because your team isn't good, that's that's one thing. But Vancouver had enough talent that they weren't a, a full on fledged loser, which is why when I always heard the JT Miller ones, and I'm like, hey, maybe maybe he's prickly, whatever. But I'm like. He's a good player, right? Like, and mm-hmm. and he's a like Rick Tockett and him. Their personality seems to jive from afar. Anyway, is, is that what you see? Like, Tockett's a highly emotional guy, and mm-hmm. he maybe has a way to connect with Miller. Oh, for sure. I mean, we we started calling him the JT Miller Whisperer here, <laughs> and you you say he's a highly emotional guy, Jason, and he absolutely is, and he absolutely was as a player. I think the one thing that has maybe caught us by surprise a little bit here with Tockett behind the bench 
is just how even-keeled he is. I mean, there has been one fiery press conference after a bad loss in Philadelphia this year. The other losses, he has really been able to find positives and maintain cool and composure. There has been one tough practice this year, again, following a bad loss in Philadelphia. And he's even said, like, look, you know, my assistant coaching staff sometimes has to talk me off the ledge because I get really fired up after games. But, you know, part of his um, part of his genius so far with this team is that he has been such a crystal clear communicator, and not just with the team, but with fans and media alike. So he's building trust and he's getting people on board. And, you know, to see sort of the evolution of this 11 games and how they're getting more detailed, they're getting better in some of the things that he's been preaching, work around the, on the walls, the board battles, being in good defensive positioning. You know, even when the penalty killing was really struggling earlier this year, he said, I'm not too concerned. I see some good things happening there. We've given up some five-on-three goals. I'm not going to overreact. And so you've had this guy who is known as this fiery, emotional, you know, hard-nosed to the net power forward in his playing days. And a head coach who, let's face it, I'm not really sure how much we knew of him or, or how much it was worth judging him on the scenarios that he inherited in Tampa Bay way back when and in Arizona. So if you wanted to look at it as this is his first real chance with a clean slate with an organization that was, you know, not wholly dysfunctional or have the challenges that the Arizona Coyotes have, you know, he's, he's, he's proven his worth as an NHL head coach. There's no doubt about that. Matt joins us from uh, Sakaris and Price here on Sports 1440. Matt, uh, the defense completely revamped, right? They brought in Ronick uh, late last season. They only played a few games. but uh, So I look at him as a brand-new player, really, to your team, right? When you play that minimal of games, he's new. Susie comes in, and after he's banged up, he's new. They're basically four of their top six from last year is new. And from the outside, you mentioned some of the other line numbers, but – there's a clear size increase overall and just a better str- a better defenders naturally. Is that fair? Like they just got like Susie oh, and sure. Cole, they know how to defend? For sure. I mean, like, you know, no one was getting too excited on July 1st when they signed Ian Cole and Carson Susie, but it was clear as day that the Vancouver Canucks needed a huge upgrade on the blue line, not just in quality, but in quantity as well. So Cole and Susie have come in here and done exactly what is asked of them which is stabilize the defensive play in your own zone. Don't be losing guys left, right, and center. Don't be, you know, uh, don't be missing those cross-ice passes that lead to easy tap-in goals. Play with guys who are, you know, let's face it, like-minded because they've loaded up a huge Ronick pair here really since the season's first game. So, you know, the, those bottom two pairs, and, you know, there's a part of me that's wondering when is the next shoe going to drop with those guys because we're not exactly looking at an overtly talented group of defense, but so far the sum of the parts have been better. And then Hironic, look, people were stunned here when immediately after acquiring uh, an additional first round pick for Bo Horvat last year, they turned around and they flipped it to Detroit along with the second for Philip Hironic. A lot of people thought this was once again, the Vancouver Canucks, impatient showing through an owner that was trying to rush things along and get to competitiveness as opposed to allowing it to happen organically. And what has been evidenced this year is that they were in absolute desperate need for that profile of defenseman, a right-handed guy who can play a stout defensive game, 
but also isn't afraid to get involved in the rush, get involved in the offense, find open teammates, and help them with some scoring. A couple years in a row here, and really for the better part of the last decade, Jason, even um, and particularly before Quinn Hughes, they have been absolutely bereft of points coming from the defense. They haven't had any goals. They haven't had any guys who can you know, set up or create any kind of offense off the rush. And even zone exits have been a problem, not to mention zone entries. So the defense has been completely transformed with those three guys. And, you know, even the trade they made uh, early in the season for Mark Friedman, who's really just a depth guy, mm-hmm. he's looked good because they put him in situations where he's able to succeed, playing 9, 10, 12 minutes a night, not asking too much, and loading up on Hughes and Roenick. And that's one of the questions for the Canucks going forward is, you know, can you be a playoff team and get through 82 games and still have anything left in the tank if you're going to play your top two defensemen, you know, 25 to 27 minutes a night? Quickly, um, which of their top two lines has been better five-on-five? Sorry, what's that, Jason? Which of uh, Vancouver's top two lines, because both look really good, but which one's been better five-on-five? Wow, great question. Uh, I haven't even really... uh, haven't really even thought of it. I would probably say that the Miller, Besser, and Phil DiGiuseppe line has been the most consistent. Number okay. one, it has played together every single game this year. Ilya Mikheyev was hurt for the uh, start of the year. He missed a few games, and so Mikheyev was sort of dropped onto the Elias Pettersson line uh, a little later into the season. Now, the Miller line often gets supplemented by the Hughes-Hronick pair. That's been something that this coaching staff and particularly Adam Foote, who's coaching the defense, has wanted to do because they are using Miller's line in a matchup role. Now, Miller's had his struggles here defensively in years past. Last couple of years, he's come back and said, look, I'm interested in being a better defensive player. This year, he's put his money where his mouth is. Besser's kind of a sluggish guy on the right wing, so you could beat him with pace. But along has come Phil DiGiuseppe, who's been really one of the great stories of this Vancouver Canucks team. They sort of fringe NHL, AHL player, late bloomer, who here at 30 years old is doing all the spade work and all the grunt work, retrieving pucks on the offensive end, which is able to get Miller and Besser the puck in good areas. And he's been one of the faster Canucks and been a, uh, a, a good player for them defensively as well. So, you know, if you're asking me which line has been better, I mean, clearly the way Elias has played offensively, this year um, has caught everybody's attention, you know, leading the league and scoring going into going into tonight. But the Miller, Besser, DiGiuseppe line has been one that has been the most stable, and you can tell the one that the coaching staff has felt the best about through eleven games here. Matty, always good to talk to you, my man. Uh, enjoy the game tonight and uh, continued success with the Sakaris and Price show. Very much appreciated, Jason. Sorry about the phone line earlier. Wish you guys all the best in your project there on 1440. You betcha. That is uh, Matt Sakaris from uh, Sakaris and Price. Uh, they, too, just joined the uh, the Nation Network uh, online. So show's doing great. And, uh, hey, good timing because uh, in Vancouver, where they've been frustrated for a bit, they're off to a very good start. And uh, it'll be a tough test. I'm curious. I think you're going to see lots of Hughes and Roenick against the McDavid line tonight. Will it be Elias Pettersson or will it be Miller? I think if it's D-zone starts, it's going to be Miller because they like him in the face-off. But on the fly, we might see Peterson. So that's the uh, the matchup to watch uh, tonight. Uh, whichever one doesn't, the, the, whether it's the Kane line, Nugent Hopkins line, or Fogel, whichever line isn't getting the McDavid line, 
then that you know what uh, the orders are going to have to step up. Somebody's going to have to match their top six because the, the top two lines of Vancouver have both been very good so far. Uh, we'll come back. It's uh, Monday. That means Cam Tate uh, has the uh, two minute warning. Bronte will join us and more on the Jason Greger Show presented by Play Alberta. .ca. Get in the game, stay in the game at Alberta's only regulated online gambling website, playalberta.ca. We are back on the Monday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Oh, Connor and I, Declan, having a few chuckles in the uh, commercial break. <laughs> Just talking a little fancy. Hikaris' team is going to be 0-10. <laughs> Jeez, he's the San Jose Sharks of our Doopies Football League right now. <laughs> oh, wow. It's tough. Real tough. Uh, every Monday and Wednesday on the show, we have, uh, Cam Tate, who, of course, a longtime journalist in the city. He has a uh, cerebral palsy. He's in a wheelchair. And, uh, through the power and wonders of technology, he's able to take part in his show so he can, uh, get his thoughts across a, a little clearer for you. And here is the two minute warning with Cam Tate. Thank you there. Big J two minute warning with what's his name? Cam Tate, Monday, November 6th. Fast Eddie here. Reading Cam's words, one of the most fundamental journalist's roles is uh, to ask questions, and so he hesitantly, very hesitantly, ventured down this uncharted path. Because these are, without question, uncharted times for the Edmonton Oilers. Ten games, two wins, one tie, seven losses. Talk to me now, seven losses. And for the Oilers, a Stanley Cup favorite, we must ask if we didn't. We, frankly, would not be doing our jobs. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are the two best players on the planet. Edmonton is so very blessed to have them. But McDavid and Dreisaitl, both been Oilers since 2015. Peter Shrilly, Keith Gretzky, and now Ken Holland. Three general managers, right? Todd McClellan, Ken Hitchcock, Jay Woodcroft, three coaches, right? Going on, what, eight seasons? Let's go back to the 1980 Oilers. Talent all over the place. Glenn Sather, along with being coach and GM, was a father figure to Gretzky, Messier, Curry, Anderson, Lowe, Fogelin, Huddy, and the rest. So here's another zinger. Did Sather have the secret sauce to make superstars gel together and see the collective objective winning as a team? And because of that, did it take away the frustration of superstars not winning a Stanley Cup? Winning, it changes everything. This year, I know we've had the captain's skates. I know, too, we've heard the commitment of the Oilers at the start of training camp. But did something happen inside the dressing room creating a rift, a distraction, an issue which has turned into a cancer running rampant? And the coaching staff doesn't know what to do. There's something wrong, very wrong with the Edmonton Oilers. And it's now time, time to ask tough questions. The two-minute warning. Cam Tate Mondays and Fridays on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Always thought-provoking from the Tate man. Has been uh, some change for sure. I would now. The orders have had had some success. They lost in the Cup final in '83. Uh, they upset Montreal. They obviously they had the brutal uh, 1982 miracle in Manchester. But then after that, it was win, lose a cup, win a cup, win a cup, Steve Smith, win a cup, win a cup. So a little bit uh, different. The orders, I don't know if, well, did they have a lot? I would say maybe that Chicago loss was as close as they'll get to the miracle on Manchester, but very different, of course, because it was coming out of COVID. Um, I think it was disappointing when they got swept by the Jets, but not, they never were, you know, they didn't have a 5 nothing lead in a game and blow it. So I uh, 
it is a valid question that if suddenly, like I know people, oh, I got to change coach, got to change coach. I understand that. Well, I understand why people say it, but I'm not sure I understand why it's suddenly the coach after 10 games when they had the second most wins in the first 120 games. So even with their terrible start, I think they're still fifth most wins since Jay Woodcroft took over. So I understand recency buys. It's a, it's a legit thing. So we'll see. Let's get to the uh, oil report now brought to you by Volvo Cars. Edmonton, stop in, see uh, Jordy and the fellas or the ladies. And guess what? Any 2023 model, you can get $5,000 off the sticker price. Pretty sweet deal. XC60, XC90, and or you maybe want the uh, cool S60 car. Check it out. Volvo Cars Edmonton. Dot com as we welcome in uh, Ruben uh, Bronte to the uh, show. Robin Brownlee from Wonders Nation. Uh, Ruben, so the owners are in Vancouver tonight. I think they're the underdog. Uh, then they go to San Jose, which we all expect them to win. But if they don't win in Vancouver and they don't win in Seattle on this three-game road trip, do you think we see a significant change? <laughs> what what if they don't win in San Jose? <laughs> yeah. Do they even come back? <laughs> Um, you know what? I understand all the, uh, angst and consternation. Uh, and I don't disagree that they need to turn this thing around. Tonight would be a great place to start. Uh, that's a tough ask. Uh, the team that spanked them eight to one to start the season. Um, I tell you what, everybody's unhappy. I'm reading, I was reading the comments, uh, on the side. Uh, of the channel and there's a there's a lot of back and forth between the fan bases already i mean you know what in one way it's good but in another way it's pretty sour for the guys that are here none of nobody in that room expected this kind of start Uh, that said you don't feel sorry for them it's and you said it earlier i had a good laugh over it you know what don't give your fans and your public F-bombs after you've lost and say, see, we care. Uh, show that you care when the game is being played. Uh, if you can't do something that helps you win the game, put a glove in somebody's face. Run over somebody. Do something to come after the fact and go F this and F that. That doesn't show you care. That just shows you're frustrated, and you probably should be when you're playing as badly as they have to this point. Oh, and in all areas, right? Like, I know there's a lot of focus on the and, – and so here's the numbers. Everyone's like, ah, Edmonton's given up way too many chances, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But then also, you, yes, they're giving up way too many chances, but their goalies are stopping way too few chances. The Edmonton order forwards have the sixth most high danger chances this year. And they're 23rd in goals rooms. So guess what? Opposing teams goalies are stopping some of these high danger chances. At some point, Skinner, Campbell, they got to do something. And, and I'm at the point where I can honestly see like, what harm is it if you have to send Jack Campbell to the minors and call up Calvin Pickard? Like, honestly, like I'm, I'm sure Skinner's going to play today. Skinner's going to play Thursday. Skinner's probably going to play Saturday. So you're like, well, what's the difference? Just keep him here. But at at some point, if you ever want to, th- like Skinner can't play every game. And at this point, I don't know if you can trust Jack Campbell to to even make to limit it to three goals against a game. Yeah, you know, 
I tell you what, there, you know, there's lots of ways to look at goaltending and there's lots of ways to look at every position now with advanced stats and analytics. And I'm not, it's a waste of time to start talking about what are good stats and what are bad stats, but I don't care what high danger, low danger, in between danger, make a save, stop the puck on the other end. Oh, we're getting lots of shots. Well, however you want to measure, score a goal. Uh, That's simplifying it down to the root, I know, and there's a lot more to look at when you're analyzing the game right now. But I'm not analyzing the Oilers game right now, and neither are their fans. Win a friggin' hockey game. That is what they want, and you need a save. You need a goal. Go out and get one. If you're frustrated, then show it in your effort. Don't think swearing into a microphone at when the game is over and the decision's done shows that you care because it doesn't. It just shows that you're you're PO'd and you probably should be. Many have been asking for a kid line. I'm not sure this is the kid line they thought, but Holloway, Hamblin, and Lavoie. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All will be aligned tonight. Uh, Do they get more than five minutes is the question. Well, I tell you what, it's a waste of time if they don't. As bad as this team's going, um, you don't want to lean on, lean on them too heavy. But let's let's open the gate for them a little bit. I don't know. I don't know much about Hamlin, but I want to see a little bit more from Lavoie. They haven't had him stapled to the bench. His ice time's been okay for what I thought he might get. Uh, I want to see those guys because I tell you what, there's nothing. There's nothing that that other line uh, does for me with Ryan, uh, <laughs> McLeod, Ryan, and Fogel. Two of those guys have got one point, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Fogel's played pretty well they this don't year. Look like, yeah. Fogel has played very well. Yeah, exactly. But those other guys, there's nothing that I, when I look at that line outside of Fogel that says, got to send those guys over the boards. So, yeah, let's have a look at the kids. And also, let's expect more, as I know it's tough to say, because everybody knows how good these players are. Um, Mc, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl and, and Nugent Hopkins, that stat about how long it's been, you know, since they went this long w- without a goal, it matters. If McDavid is, is healthy enough to play, 
then you just have to have the same expectation of it. If he's hurt to the point where it's affecting his how he plays, then maybe he doesn't have to play. But you need more from those three guys for the start, and then it filters down. But get a save early, get a goal early, and get going, because otherwise you're looking at a Canucks team. that What are they now? I'm just looking here. Oh, 17, they're 12 points ahead of you. And if it's 14, see you later. Thanks for coming. It doesn't matter if there's 70-plus games left in the season. Do the math about trying to make that up. So, yeah, they better win. Uh, they they got to win tonight because Vancouver is one of those head-to-head matchups for a playoff spot. Uh, you expect them to win in, Sa- uh, in San Jose. Uh, Seattle, they look like they're okay, but... Who can the Oilers take lightly? There's there's, there's nobody to look down on in the league at this point. Oh, whoa, whoa. Don't discount the San Jose Sharks, the uh, 32-place uh, San Jose Sharks, who, despite allowing 20 goals in the last two games, still have a better save percentage collectively on the better season out, yeah. than the Edmonton Oilers, which yeah. is uh, mind-blowing to me. Unbelievable. Nah, not a better goals against average, but a better save uh, percentage. Robin Brownlee joins us. Uh, Rob, like, the... I can't even pinpoint one. Like, there's not just one issue. There's goaltending. There's defense. There's individuals on defense. Then there's the offense that uh, collectively guys aren't scoring. And even their best players aren't scoring. Uh, three, six games between a goal from uh, Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, and, and McDavid. And, that, and I'm sorry, like, to, frankly, that's just unacceptable. You, you can't have that if you, if you want to win. And I don't know. Like, you can keep saying all the right things, but... Like man, it is it is hard to envision something that makes this team turn it around. Like a, a win over San Jose would be like expected, but and I don't know. And even if they win nine nothing, no one's gonna be like, "Geez, you beat a team nine nothing." They're like, "Yeah, other teams scored ten the last week." Like you know what I mean? Like not even a nine nothing game would really jolt yeah. much belief in anybody. I don't recall. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gregor. Has a team ever talked themselves into a playoff spot? <laughs> I don't I don't recall that. So go out and win hockey games and do what you say you're going to do. And you know what? Vancouver's a, Vancouver's going great. They're they're a better club than I thought they would be and talk it's got them headed in a better direction than I expected he might be able to given how fiery he was as a head coach. I thought he might get frustrated out there. Well, we haven't had a chance to see him get frustrated because they're playing so well. But, you know, San Jose, you go in there, you better win. Uh, Seattle, you need to win. You know, a sweep doesn't doesn't solve anything, but let's see how you play. Uh, you can't say we played well and lose three. Then you're done. Then you get back and everything's on fire. Uh, everything's upside down and people, and rightfully so, are demanding change. And you've probably got management that has to make something at that point. And I don't say it's going to happen, but holy smokes. Do you, can you imagine what happens if this team goes 0-3 on this swing? And, hey, isn't the saying, well, one of these days they're due. I don't know if I believe it, but just for fun, what if San Jose put something together um, against the Oilers? I mean, again, uh, you know, they allow 10 goals, but the Oilers haven't – what's the save percentage again? So, <laughs> go – they better be ready to rumble because I tell you what, there will – what is it What is it? Al say, says there will be uh, 
uh, hell to pay or one of those old sayings of them, and plenty of it if they get back and they don't do some, get something done on this trip. Rubes, I'll, I'll say this right now. I Honestly, I don't think the Oilers are going to win tonight. Um, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. But I'll say that if the Oilers lose to the Sharks on Thursday, I will, I will, I will grow out my hair and have the Leahy, like the terrible bald guy look. On, I will grow that out for seven months starting Thursday if they lose on Thursday night. And 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 can you start the show with uh, Buster? Yeah, well, hey, 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 we'll start with one thing at a time. But, uh, yeah, like I don't have much faith in them. I just think the Sharks are that terrible that, honestly, I don't know how they win a game. I really don't. Like, I know, like, I picked them at the start of the year to win less than 20, and people are like, oh, come on. I'm like, no, they're not that good. Now it's, like, less than 15, and in a month it might be less than 10. I just don't think they're very good at all. Um, the orders, as bad as they have played right now, even that, now they might not blow them out. They might only win 3-1. to one. But uh, I will, uh, and, and you know matter. me, I, I hate not shaving my head after two days. So to, uh, to, to have the Leahy for uh, that long would be like, that's, I couldn't think of a worse thing for me. So I'll... Uh, now the the listeners might want the orders to lose just for that, but we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. So we'll see. Rubes, have yourself a good one. We will uh, chat with you on Thursday. Okay, Jason. Talk to you later on. See you. There you go. That's uh, Robin Brownlee from uh, Orders Nation. Con's really got a chuckle out of that. Yeah, yeah. The idea of you doing that was uh, very good to me. So. I don't want to say I hope the Oilers lose on Thursday, but it would be a silver lining. <laughs> but you lining. want to say the Oilers. Want, seven months. That's a long time. Yeah. You could have like the Hogan almost. Be. Oh, God. It would be awful. <laughs> like, absolutely awful. Like, oof. I hate it when it goes like four days. So I think you're safe, though. Well, so I better be. God, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be like punching myself in the face. If they lose that game, you'll be in the room just like throwing so much oh. shade at the players so you can beat the Sharks. Oh, eh? dude. Uh, no, dude. <laughs> Trust me. You think they're dropping F bombs? <laughs> we'll take it to a new level. Let's get to the uh, Comana Sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com.